What's good with y'all? Listen, this podcast is sponsored by none other than Niche Clothing. Go to nicheclothing.net. That's www.nicheclothing.net, which is spelled N-I-C-H-E, clothing.net. Put in my specific promo code, HHWL2023, and you can get 10% off of crew neck sweaters, sweatsuits, hoodies, t-shirts. We got all of that. We're going to have y'all right for the spring and the summer. That's www.nicheclothing.net. Promo code is HHWL2023. And remember, no niche is too small if it's yours. Cheer, cheer. Shout out to my Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts listeners, and my YouTube viewership. You heard? Glasses in the air. Toast to a high power. Cause what you tuning in to right now is Lito's Happy Hour. Lito's Happy Hour, this is where it's at. Rollin' uncut, we giving real facts Educating, entertaining all the people And when it come to podcasts, it ain't none equal Giving people knowledge, they can put in action Holloway authentic, we ain't never capping Exclusive interviews, cause we ain't never lacking The other state is talking, and we bout the action huh. Glasses in the air to a higher power This is Lito's happy hour Welcome, welcome, welcome to Happy Hour with Lito uh, I'm your host, you know what I'm saying I got a, I know I say I got a special guest all the time <laughs> But this time I'm serious <laughs> More than ever you know what I mean? I got a special, special guest. You know what I mean? When you talk about basketball, uh, high school basketball, you know what I mean? At the 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 elite of the elite, you know what I mean? You got to talk about my man, Shea Cotton. I mean, how you doing, bro? Good, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. I, like I said, I appreciate you coming on and everything. So, um, you know, with this pandemic and everything, I'm I'm a big person that's, you know what I mean? I'm real big on mental health. So how have you been, you know, been able to hold up, you know what I mean, through everything that's been going on? Great question, man. Just battling. You know, I, I caught COVID. Um, I kept it quiet probably about two months within the last two months. Oh, wow. Okay. 30 to 45 days. And um, I recovered from that in the last three weeks, four weeks. I've tested negative twice. So I'm I'm, help, I'm healthy. I'm back stronger. Um, you know, it was tough. I had a couple nights. I didn't know if I was going to make it. So Wow. You know, it, it's a, it's a challenge. You know, when you when you go through that, it, you go through that dark space. If it hits you, you know, you get all the symptoms. I mean, I faced the the lack of taste and smell, and you know, the headaches and the nauseous, the sweating. You know, just the the, the mere fatigue mm. of the whole experience will just drain you. But but bless, I said a lot of prayers, and you know, I took my my nutrients, and I had like a, a plethora of vitamins and stuff that I was taking with the Mucinex DM. Okay. to help rip stuff from my system and I was fortunate to make it through. Cool. 
Well, like I said, bless, you know what I mean? God bless that you, you know, you were able to get through that because I know a few people that didn't make it. So, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, so for the people who may have been living under a rock, you know what I mean? Tell them about who Shea Cotton is. Well, I am, uh, brother, from what from what they say, I'm one of the top players to come out of Los Angeles uh, ever. You know, I think uh, probably top three from this city with the likes of a uh, uh, rest of peace, Raymond Lewis, uh, John Hopley Williams, and probably myself, you know, from a lot of the basketball historians, definitely from the, from the LA area. And uh, I'm a guy today that does a lot of work with the youth. I mean, I was a top player. I was number one player in the country in 1995, uh, state player of the year, CIF, uh, as well as state, the John Wooden player of the year, McDonald's all American, you know, I was everything. State- 15 years old, never been done since in our state. Um, I graced the cover of Sports Illustrated at 15, had a four-page layout. Um, at that time, it wasn't really being done with the exception of Kevin Garnett uh, when, when he jumped to the pros. But, you know, uh, I had my, my star status early. You know, I probably started coming onto the national scene around 11, 12 years old uh, through ESPN and playing on the AAU circuit and it just, it just took off from there. You know, I picked the rock up, started playing baseball and uh, got bored. So when I picked the ball up, I had a natural feel and a chip on my shoulder and a will to, to be great, you know, and I think it was a great fit. I never put it down. Mm. Cool, cool. So, you know, your, your documentary, man, I, I've, I've watched it several times, you know what I'm saying? Um, to me, it's a, it's a classic film, you know what I mean? It's a classic documentary. Um, how long did it take you to actually shoot it? Uh, it's in it in its entirety. I think it was about an eight year process. Okay. I was finishing up playing pro pro ball uh, right around 30 years old. Uh, the director of our production team, our true true group, uh, Pata, Eric Pata Herbert came to me uh, the first time out and the timing wasn't good. I was still playing, had the itch to scratch and uh, we circled back a couple years after and timing couldn't have been better. You know, I wanted to do something more. I wasn't happy with the way my career was ending up. And I wanted to do more to help help make an impact with the youth where they would have to go through a lot of these uh, trials and tribulations that I faced. And I think that was the sole purpose of creating a man-child documentary. And we're just blessed that it's in existence. And we feel we feel good with the body of work and we want the world to see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I done told all my friends like, yo, y'all gotta watch this. I mean, like if you don't know, you know, because we love basketball, man. I mean, so and and I I think I've heard I heard of you before, but like I never seen, you know what I'm saying, like any film or anything. So when I was watching, I was like, oh man, like this dude was the truth for real. I mean, nobody could check you. <laughs> have fun, you know what I mean? We had fun out there. <laughs> for sure. Like so, like your work ethic, like as a as a kid, you know what I mean, was like unlike any ones I've ever seen, you know what I mean, before. Like, um, like who inspired you to, to be like that type of athlete? Uh, I think a combination of things. I think my work ethic was embedded, you know, from my father um, early on and my mother as well, just teaching us accountability and what it is to uh, have integrity. And, you know, me and my brother did manual labor. We did construction with my dad in, in the summers when we were young. I mean, mm-hmm. 10, 11 years old, he had us on job sites just learning the value of what hard work is. And it really helped us appreciate our gift that much more because, you know, I wasn't crazy about their work. And, you know, I did it anyway because obviously I wanted to do what my father told me to do. But it, right. 
helped me as an, you know, as I went up the ranks and started to face real adversity through the sport, you know, and even the business of basketball, it helped me stay kind of even killed and just stay focused on my craft and to continue to work and develop rather than getting caught up in, you know, the fame and the hype and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So who did you kind of um, like, who did you see that made you want to pick up the basketball? As a kid, um, I think it was a couple of people. It was a guy in my area, Dennis Johnson's brother, rest in peace, a uh, former uh, Boston Celtic great. Mm-hmm. Uh, his brother, Joey Johnson, uh, he had a 50 inch vertical leap. So I'd always go to the local Boys and Girls Club after school to stay out of trouble because it was a real active period at that time in the LA area. So everybody in the neighborhood kind of went to the Boys and Girls Club after school that was trying to be somebody. Mm-hmm. And he would be in there working out. And, uh, you know, I saw the guy shoot jump shots and he was like, the rim was here. He was like above the rim shooting down off the hidden banks. And I was like, man, this is crazy. So, <laughs> wow. You know, just stuff like that. And like knowing the folklore of him, I think he's in the book of world records with the highest high jump ever, like 12 or 13 feet. You know, just these different stories. And I would grow up watching different players at UCLA, you know, Ed O'Bannon when he was in high school and in college. And McDonald's. Yeah, Mm-hmm. You know, uh, watching him play, watching a lot of other guys come up, uh, being familiar with John Williams, played at Crenshaw, went to LSU, played in the NBA, you know, playing against him and running with Magic and, and stuff like that in the UCLA men's gym in high school at 15 when he had all pros on the court. I had a lot of stuff that was driving me because I had a lot of people in front of me that was older that I could look to and glean from. And I studied a lot of film too, so I would watch a lot of college college teams play whether it's UCLA UNLV you know SC when Harold Miner was there baby Jordan um Michigan with the fat five we had great basketball coming up at the yeah. time so yeah for sure that's true I, I stayed busy I couldn't wait to get home from school to catch big Monday and super Tuesday even when in grade school so you know and I had a knack for the game I loved it um it was my sanctuary I mean it helped me escape the street so you know I went through a lot burying my best friend at 15 he got murdered and you know, life got real serious for me. So it helped mm. me really go off myself in, in the game. Mm. God bless, man. Absolutely. God bless for sure. Um, so who would you, well, first of all, you got a favorite team right now that you watch in the NBA? Well, you know, I'm Lakers through and through is LA here, except for my football Saints all day long. But Saints, okay. I, yeah, everything is LA based. So, you know, I'm definitely rolling with the Lakers, always have. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily call myself a fan, I appreciate, you know, the game and, and I'm just L.A. through and through. So I'm always going to pull for the Lakers. You know, it's good to see the Clippers do well, too. But, it's you know, this is a purple and gold state. <laughs> facts. Facts. Um, is there anybody that you would that you would say kind of reminds you of yourself in the league right now? Because I remember when uh, they, they were trying to say you were LeBron before LeBron, but LeBron didn't have a jump shot in high school. Right. And not didn't have my handle either or yeah. the or the I was playing with. So. But, you know, he came along in the right era. You know, he got he got to take advantage of social media. You know, I did all my work before that came into play, and I think that made a big difference in, you know, how my career ended up rather than being able to really parlay that star-studdedness, you know, that, that whole movement kind of like a rock group type of deal, me being like the rock star of that group of my AAU circuit. So um, I'd probably say pieces of LeBron because of physical prowess when he attacks the basket and when he takes over games. Right. I Zion Williamson for his freakish oh. athleticism. Yeah, for sure. 
Yeah, along those lines. Um, and, and other guys in the game today, I don't really see anybody like myself outside of those two guys. Um, Zion and, is big for his size, isn't he? For his height, he's a big. Yeah, he's only yeah. six five, I think six six six. Yeah, he needs to be a little bit leaner, in my opinion. I think that's why he had this knee this knee injury early because mm-hmm. he's a little bit too heavy. And I think uh, when he understands his body and how important it is to really you know, keep that BMI index down, that body mass index, keep his fat content down and understand if he's lighter, he's more explosive and then he's going to be more durable. Mm-hmm. He's going to go far and just really develop the handle in the mid range. And he'll, he'll be damn near unstoppable because they can't do nothing with him around the basket already. At all. I think I was watching the other night. He missed maybe two shots or something like that. It was crazy. I mean, every time he went to the hole, it was, <laughs> they just moved out the way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, wide, wide body too. You yeah. know, he got shoulders, he got thick legs. I mean, explosive. So when he gets up underneath you, and he's exploding to the goal, I mean, he hits you with them shoulders at two sixty-five, however much he's weighing right now. Mm-hmm. It's it's a tall order. What about college basketball? Who you watching? I haven't been able to watch too much, to be honest, man. Because of the pandemic, it's got everything kind of scattered. I think the NBA has been a lot easier because they've done a great job with their guys, you know, as far as curtailing the numbers with COVID. But, mm-hmm. you know, college basketball, I think, is more of a training ground now compared to where it used to be. So you, it's hard to keep up with players because they're shuffling, you know, year in and year out. They're, they're coming and going out into the league or coming and transferring to another school. So... Mm-hmm. Um, top to bottom, I think USC has a really competitive group over there right now. And Jason Hart is one of my former uh, teammates who was an yeah, investor. Okay. You know, he's the head, uh, head assistant over there. So gotcha. they're doing some things, you know. And, and then Pepperdine, Pepperdine University, my friend of mine, Coach Lorenzo Romar, who's in the documentary, is the head coach mm-hmm. there. He's mm-hmm. doing some great things there. So there's programs that do really good work with their guys that will rebuild and get stronger. And right. then there's other programs that are just living off the name that are like missing that that one player that really takes them to another level. I got a cousin. Whenever you get a chance, check out Penn State. His name okay. is Seth, his name is Seth Lundy. He's a sophomore. Okay. He's about six seven. Um, he can shoot the ball really well. Nice handle. So um, they just had a they got a new coach this year. So they're not really they're not really he's not really getting everything out of them. I don't believe. You know what I mean? Like right. their record right now is not really who they who they are as a team. You know what I mean? So, right. yeah, you get a chance. Like, you know, I'll send you a. He's, he's on a YouTube as far as like highlights and stuff of him too. Uh, he's from um, New Jersey. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. He's, he's tough. That's where you from originally, or what? No, I live in Ohio. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, my fiance is her cousin. Um, she's actually from Philadelphia. So. Yeah. Okay. I, he's tough, man. <laughs> yeah, I look for him. Yeah, for Seth sure. Lundy. Yes, sir. So I want to ask you something about something Scoop Jackson said. He said he believed that if you would have stayed at modern day, you would have been in the NBA. You think you think that that has something to do with it, switching schools? Hey, you know, everybody has their uh, their 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 idea. You know, everybody has their their version of of the story. But mm-hmm. the narrative, I think, ultimately was going to be what it is. I think I was so big, so young. They left me no room to grow, but to but to fall. And when I fell, everybody left. You know, it just was mm-hmm. it was an interesting ride. You know, but I know my mother stayed down for me, and you know the close family that I have, the friends that I that I've maintained along the way. 
you know, you pull strength from from unforeseen areas in, in, in times of travesty. I think uh, I had a great experience at Modern Day. I still have a relationship with the head coach, Gary McKnight, who's the winningest coach in California state history. Uh, probably won't be beaten. Um, yeah, they always think, got a good program. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're well-taught, disciplined. You know, you compete. They play at a high level. You know, it's a national program every year, USA Today Top 25. So, you got to know what you're getting into when you go there. And when I went to modern day, the timing was, was perfect. Um, Coach Benite was familiar with me already. I watched the teams play uh, several times and really appreciated, you know, the style of play that they they showcased and, and just the team side of it, the whole family and, and tradition of it. You know, it's uh, something I'll take to my grave. I feel like um, I often think about that. You know, if I finished there with my career at, been the same or would it have went a little differently? You know, it's it's a 50-50. I mean, there's no guarantees in life. The good thing is I know that I did everything in my power to succeed. Things happen out of my control. And I think that's what's so special about the documentary when you watch it. You know, you see the oohs and ahs, alley-oops, and, yeah. and all, all the star-studded uh, NBA guys and stuff in it. But it's a humanitarian story. I want people to take the hardships and, and the betrayal and the, and the discourage and the disappointments from it and recognize that I never quit on myself. I kept mm-hmm. going. I think that's what's most important to resilience. Right. Tell the, tell the story about uh, what you did to KG. <laughs> Played in Vegas. Uh, I was actually in summer school, got a call from AAU coach, uh, Pat Barrett, to come out uh, to play in a tournament in Vegas against uh, K-Swiss Pacers, which was LA, our LA rival. They had Paul Pearson, Barrett Davis, Tremaine Ross. And uh, they decided to bring KG along for this tournament, you know, to win it. And they knew they'd probably match up with us at some point. So that was the whole goal because they hadn't beaten us for like five or six years. And Paul attests to it in the documentary as well. So, you know, we we went at it. I mean, KG was somebody I heard about. I mean, freakish athlete once again, seven feet, six, 11, seven feet at the time. He did what he wanted on the floor. He was long, yeah. had a motor out of this world. He could handle, you know, he could, had a nice touch. He could shoot, athletic. I mean, he was a shot blocker around the rim. He changed the game. So, you know, playing against him, being able to see what he brought to the table, I knew he'd be special, but I didn't back down from anybody. You know, huh. I, I came in to win. That was my goal. They brought right. me into the to secure the victory, and I gave everything I had. I think I finished with like 38 or 40. And we lost by like seven or nine points. The rest of my team was a little flat. So just couldn't get a little extra help to put us over the hump. But I made my presence felt and attacked the room a few times. And KG tried to contest him. I dunked on him about two or three times in the game. So I think he was surprised. And the fans like went nuts. Everybody front row was like on the court. You know, it was just un- unreal at that time to, to see somebody doing, I guess, what I was doing, looking back on myself. And then looking at the game today, the players today, like a lot of these guys still can't do what I was doing then, you know, and, and, they, and they talk about me like I'm old news. It's like, yeah, no. I was doing stuff, yeah, that you really couldn't duplicate because of the training that I was getting along with, you know, my, my competitiveness. Like I had a chip. I had to prove myself every day. I step on the floor when I developed the name, everybody was gunning for me. So, you know, the, the real work when you get to the top is staying there. Mm-hmm. So is it so it's true like your brother, you and your brother used to get on each other's backs and do calf races? Oh, yeah. Donkey calf races all day long. You know, you lean over a flight of stairs and, you know, we get on each other's back. 
and, and, and we, we lift, we lift the body weight with our lower body. I mean, and it's all through the calves. I mean, your, your legs get strong. And after a while you get used to doing that. It helps the fast twitch. So like you're, you're getting up off the floor two or three times, you know, for a putback on an offensive rebound and just stuff like that, or just defensive rebounds around the basket. It makes you a lot more active. I wonder if that's something that, you know, like the NBA players, you know what I mean? Could, because a lot of people are tearing their Achilles all of a sudden. I don't know what's, you know what I mean? Like you've seen KD, even though it's not the same as it used to be. Like, you know, now they have a way where, you know what I mean? You can come back from it and still be a, a good player. But, you know, there was um, like AD. They saying it's his calf. I'm like, that's, you know, he had to he had to do something to his Achilles. That's I thought that's why he was out. For, so he's going to be out for like four weeks, I think. Yeah. Yeah, they thought it was a tear out here, and I think it, it might have been like a, a little bit of a strain or something like that. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, he didn't look like he tore it when I, you know, but because you know when Kobe tore his, he pushed off of it. Yeah, I mean, you, you could tell. Yeah, it took everything he had to shoot those free throws, but that's just the competitiveness that he possessed, you know. And, and rest in peace to Kobe. Yeah, rest know, in that, peace, Kobe, for sure. Yeah, that was my number one matchup, one on one. You know, I'll take it to my grave. He took it to his. And, you know, he came to me in my dream uh, two nights when I had COVID, when I didn't think I was going to make it. And it was mm -hmm. so surreal. It was like he was in the room with me. And he just basically re reassured me that, you know, the work I was doing today, he was commending me on and, you know, to continue on my pursuit. Really proud of what I became and, you know, just letting me know that he was at peace and don't worry about him. And he was all right. You know, it kind of gave me reassurance because a part of me died when he checked out too. Yeah, I think a lot of us, like, and the way it happened too is just terrible. You know what I mean? But that's deep that he came to you in your dress. That's, I mean, you know, that's a big thing for real. So, what would you say if you had to choose one, like your most memorable, like game? You know what I mean? Whether it be high school uh, or college or professional. I have probably three of them. Um, all high school. Um, all high school. Yeah, playing against Marbury in the in the uh, above the rim. Was it above the rim or it was Torrey Pines uh, tournament in San Diego, California? And then I met Lamar Odom's Christ the King team there as well. And okay. then the third, third third game will be the state championship game, my uh, 1995 sophomore year, when it led led my team to state title against Oakland Fremont up there, who was the top team out of the city in the Bay, and uh, played at Oakland Coliseum where the Golden State Warriors used to play, and um, that's where I took home uh, State Player of the Year honors, CIF State honors, and John Wooden Player of the Year. You know, and that I was, I was riding high that summer. Did Sports Illustrated did the piece, and mm -hmm. you know that summer I played against Lamar Odom and his Long Island Panthers team and the NIT out here at Long Beach State. So that was that was probably my most memorable year, you know, in basketball because everything was just lining up. Last mm -hmm. question. If you could go back and talk to yourself, like your younger self in high school, what would you tell them today? Uh, great question. Uh, what would I tell myself today? Hmm. I don't know. I think the only thing differently that I probably would have did is, you know, understanding the business of it and the dynamics of the timing of where I was and what I was doing on the floor. I probably would have never went to college, you know. Um, I know I it's yeah. Probably yeah, overseas, yeah, absolutely. I would have just went into the CBA and, you know, signed a signed a deal and then, you know, just earned my keep and then probably got caught up from there. 
or just did a European deal like Brandon Jennings go to Italy for a year and then without, yeah. good, you know, get drafted out of there. So, but you know, I don't, I don't have any, any hangups. I don't have any regrets. You know, mm-hmm. I, I just live with the, the reality of what happened, which can be hard at times that an injustice was done. And, you know, they didn't, they didn't make that wrong, right. You know, they slandered my family name and had the, the, the world and the public thinking that I wasn't very intelligent. I didn't pass my tests. And, like I was, I took money and all of this stuff to try to make an excuse right. for, for what happened when it should have never happened. But because of it, it's given kids a lot more opportunity today. Like with the Senate Bill 206 that's about to be passed here shortly with Gavin Newsom and LeBron James, the right to pay to play, which I could possibly okay. be ambassador for here pretty soon. So a lot of these amateur athletes, student athletes are getting a chance to, to have clothing line, hat, t-shirt whatever and they can get paid while they're in high school you know just using their likeness and their image we never had that opportunity so i feel like that's a benefit from an injustice that took place with me i think i was a big part of that that's dope that's dope so that they're working on that right now yeah that's the senate bill 206 you can look it up it's the right to pay to play act so um it's it's kicking in and that goes for the high schools as well as colleges you know the amateur athletes it, it basically states, you know, that the player can can uh, basically exploit himself, you know, through his likeness and his image or her, but without using the school logos or stuff like that. And they can be compensated without any penalty. So it's a great thing. Um, the colleges in California are on board. It'll be interesting to see how it's handled because the NC2A is giving some pushback and said if they did um, exercise that, that they most likely would be uh, – almost desanctioned out of the NC2A where they wouldn't be able to participate, you know, mm. in turn. Man, that's dope. I hope that uh, when that goes through, that's going to change a lot of kids' lives. Absolutely. For sure, because you already know, like Sports Illustrated and all these other places, they was getting paid. You know what I mean? Why not pay the kids, too? You're using them. Right. right. To they sell your product. Streets, you know? Mm-hmm. Only sure. right. You think, uh, you are you familiar with the Lenny Cook story? I am. You, I think you. Do you think that he maybe should have just went overseas too? Like starting, like coming instead of declaring for the draft, maybe go for a year, and then and then declare because he didn't play his senior year. I think. Right. I have. You know, I watched the film. I mean, I think his stuff was more self-inflicted. I mean, mm-hmm. he had opportunities, and obviously, he took the money. He admitted to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Lenny. Uh, I think Lenny's got a good good heart. He's just been misled and. You know, sometimes when, when you're in them tough trenches, you got to be a leader rather than a follower. You know, a lot of people glean towards comfort rather than, you know, being stretched. So um, I think that family that stepped up, that uh, took care of him financially, that they were good to him. And, and I think he looks back and probably realized that he he should have stayed with them. Different decisions with them. Um, but just as a whole, I think... Uh, he was in a position where he probably was just a little bit overly confident. And, you know, the situation with the five-star experience on film, that wasn't handled right. And there were a lot of basketball minds there that that carried a lot of weight. And I think that didn't help him as he transitioned forward in his career also. But, you know, I'm, I'm glad to see him still around the game, helping kids today mm-hmm. and trying to do something good with his, with his time. Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to get him, you know, talk to him a little bit too for real, because I think people need to know. Like right. I said, people need to know these things. You know, a lot of people 
you know, they don't know the ins and out of, you know, dealing with some of the things that y'all had to deal with, you know, in basketball, right. you know, being right. a kid from, you know, coming from nothing almost and somebody handed you some money. It's tough to say no to that. You know what I mean? New Jordans all the time for every game you playing, you know, it's crazy, man. But like, I appreciate you coming on, I man. This really means a lot to me personally. You know what I mean? Um, do you have anything that you want to promote? Right yeah, now? I want to promote the documentary. Absolutely, we got the we got the gear, we got the hats, t-shirts, face masks, hoodies on on the on the line at my website, therealmanchild.com. I want to promote the documentary uh, for purchase. You can you can find it there on my website. You can find it on my my profile and my IG handle at Shea Cotton. We're up right now on Amazon, iTunes, and Prime Video. You can rent or buy it, all digital platforms, mm. you know, and, and let people know that I'm involved with this company here. I just partnered with uh, Coconola. Uh, we have a brand new uh, match out therapeutics oil. It's a rub on. Uh, it's a great product. Um, it's one of the best in the market, in my opinion. Uh, if you don't want to have surgery and you have ailments and a lot of pain and discomfort as you get older, it's the perfect remedy. A lot of kids I have today, they use it. Older people, my uncle uses it, my aunt uses it, my mother, my brother. I mean, I had bursitis, and this was the only thing that took the swelling and the pain out in about six months. Wow. I was kind okay. of that, tried all kinds of stuff. So, you know, I'm I'm sold on it. I, I'm backing it. I mean, it's 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 amazing. And if people want access to it, they just go right to my website, therealmanchild.com. It's on the homepage. They'll see the bottle with somebody's hand, or you can click the shop, the shop button on the website, and it'll take you right to it. It's $49.99. Uh, you can order it. We'll expedite, ship it out as soon as possible. Cool. I'm definitely going to go there because I like to support black businesses and everything. So I'm going to get some, you know what I mean, a T-shirt, hat. You know what I mean? So for yeah, sure. Absolutely. All right. Well, I appreciate you, bro. This is Happy Hour Walido Podcast. This is my man, Shay Cotton. Y'all be cool. You you know who it is, man, the Kid Cortez. Make sure you tap in with that Resolutions album. And at the same time, make sure you lock in with my guy, Happy Hour Walido. Ellis podcast out right now. You heard. Up next, it's a blast from the past. My guy, my brother, Young Trav, flexed up. Right here. Happy hour with Lito. Jackers out here biting, man, I'm flattered I'm the best, you can say I'm 
Twitter swagging how I'm followed round this bitch. Cooling out a baller, I'm a certified hooper. I was raised to be a good boy. Rocko made me a shooter. Rocket now, you can next. I step in style. Look a mess. So wipe me down. Let me show you how to flex. I'm on the ground for certain Better cuff the bitch if you love the bitch Cause I'll bust the pussy wide open 